Hello, I'm Dr. Stephanie Phillips, joined by Dr. Michelle Seawright, and we are Georgia Medicine Women. We're direct primary care doctors, and we welcome you to our podcast, where we share stories that will inspire and motivate you in your journey towards health and wellness. Welcome back to the Georgia Medicine Women podcast. As we mentioned before, uh, we want to tell you stories that inspire and especially highlight local resources here in the Northeast Georgia uh, area where we're from. Um, So in our community and in Georgia. Um, Today, we're uh, talking with the owners and operators of the Claire DeLune Farm located right in Royston, Georgia. But before we have our medical mountain speak. Oh, yeah, we can't forget that. We're going to talk about our word of the week for Medical Mountain Speak. Um, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, Dr. Seawright, you have been calling it Medical Mountain Speak, and I've been calling it Medical Mountain Talk, but I'm totally <laughs> adopting Medical Mountain Speak because that is so much more country, and I love it. <laughs> it is now Medical Mountain Speak, y'all, <laughs> um, and I don't really talk like that. But our word for the day is uh, spell. Ah, had a spell. What does that mean? One one of our guests want to take a want to take a hit at that. Oh, they were so excited to uh, to try to take a stab. So I'm going to let them take the rings. Oh, you go ahead. You're from Jonesboro, Tennessee. You go ahead. Well, I guess a spell would be a a, a cold. You know, that, that would be the way I'd take it. If my my grandma told me she had a spell, I'd say it would be a cold more than anything. But I don't know what do you think. I think of it as like lightheadedness. Like, oh, I. I'm having a spell. Like I need to sit down for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a, like a uh, lightheadedness or like a, God forbid a seizure or something like yeah. that. Yeah. A spell I would mean, I would, I would take as being like passed out or like a syncopal episode or feeling dizzy. Yeah. A spell. Like I got one of my spells or a seizure. Um, I've heard them described as seizure. So good job. Um, you're a little <laughs> off with cold. We're going to let you go. Oh, that's all right. All right. Maybe my mountain talk's just a little different. It's okay. <laughs> now, maybe in Tennessee, spell does mean that. Definitely oh. comment um, Comment on our Facebook page. Send us an email if you are a Tennessean and you think spell means a upper respiratory infection. Please let me know. <laughs> and we can, we can always come back later and give you credit for that. All right. <laughs> Call all your friends. <laughs> I feel like my granny may have been. She may have been thinking it was an upper respiratory infection. <laughs> <laughs> so the good folks sitting right to my right here are the owners uh, and operators of Claire Delune Farm. Uh, this is Jennifer and Benjamin Garland. They are registered nurses who have gone on to complete a mas- master's of science degree in medical cannabis therapeutics. They are hemp uh, slash cannabis farmers and uh, produce wellness products that have CBD and other phytochemicals called terpenes to help um, with sleep, pain, um, energy, and so many other things. Uh, So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you all for having (laughs) us. This is so exciting. I know personally, um, I hear the buzz uh, around lately about CBD. I've had patients like tell me they're they're taking it and specifically for sleep. Um, And um, when I first heard patients tell me, I was a little skeptical and everything. But now I actually do recommend it because I've had so many patients come to me and tell me like they're, you know, they take CBD for sleep or they take it for anxiety and things Mm -hmm. like that. 
So um, I'll have to be honest. I don't know all the ins and outs. I, I don't know 100% like how it works or anything like that. I wouldn't talk much about that in uh, medical school. Um, so uh, first of all, I'm really glad that we have a local resource here that like I can just call you up and say, hey, what is this? Thank you. <laughs> um, and then uh, secondly, I just wanted to, to ask you to sort of explain to the audience, um, you know, help, help us understand what this hemp, what is hemp or is it, is, is hemp the same thing as marijuana? What, what is that? You know, we were talking about mm -hmm. terminology on the way. Like I think terminology for cannabis is very unique to, to cannabis. And I, I think there's a lot of like you know, slang street words versus medical words that are being developed. And so oftentimes I think communication is unclear because there isn't any standardization in terminology. So, um, I mean, really people, people have come to think that hemp and marijuana are cousin plants and they're not, it's the same plant. It's the exact same plant. Cannabis is the umbrella term that encompasses both marijuana, CBD, CBG, all, all of the phytocannabinoids that make up the plant. And it's just genetics that make a plant produce more THC or more CBD or other phytocannabinoids like CBG or CBDV, or there's, there's 12 kind of common and, and people tend to think just THC or CBD. Um, People also refer to CBD as like all of the other cannabinoids that aren't THC. So oh, that's yeah. kind yeah, of I a sort of misnomer too. too. Yeah, they're all really different. And they all have different um, things that they can help with. So um, that's why, you know, being able to, to learn those and isolate those, you can kind of tailor what medicine you're trying to get in yourself. So, so you, what you're saying is there's different... Um, chemicals in each plant that help with Chemo, certain chemo variants chemo variants or chemovars chemovar type 3 which is what we are in Georgia as hemp farmers um, it's it's the more heavily laden on the CBD aspects now we do have THC in our products but it has to be under the um, compliance of the um, hemp farm bill which says at the time of harvest, mm -hmm. um, it has to be less than 0.3% THC. So how do they help with sleep and how do they like, what do they have like some sort of receptors or what, what, oh, yeah. what do they do um, to help with sleep? You have an endocannabinoid system. Every human being has an endocannabinoid system and you've got the CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors. And the CB1 receptors are predominantly in your central nervous system. And your CB2, CB2 receptors are in your peripheral bones, spleen, organs, a lot of the organs and um, acts on the CB2 receptor as a negative allosteric modulator, which then increases your naturally circulating endocannabinoids, which would be anandamide and 2-AG. And then if you increase those, you promote relaxation. And that's how a more specific CBD isolate would help because you're just throwing that one cannabinoid at it if it was a cannabinoid-specific just CBD isolate. Now, with our products, you're getting CBD with specific terpenes because we're not extracting it down to that pure isolate that's just removing all these other great compounds. So with 
uh, our varieties that are promoting sleep, they've got a, a terpene on it, myrosine, and is linalool another one that's on it? And feel free to chime in if I'm missing any. Uh, pinene. Pinene. And these act in uh, their own way, not on the cannabinoid receptors, but they, ex they affect a handful of other receptors like TR. PV1s, vanilloid receptors, and other receptors. I, I could get into the book and really dig if you want me to, but I don't <laughs> want to bore everybody. And they, they, they will uh, in turn promote relaxation and sleep on their own. So it sounds like that these, you know, this plant has a lot of uh, benefit and it, and it acts on diff many different ways. A lot mm -hmm. of times in medicine, when I'm trying to treat somebody, Sometimes I'll, you know, I want to treat from a couple different angles, especially in the case we'll say this isn't a conversation about diabetes, but we'll say with diabetes, I want to, you know, treat their uh, sugar in their blood as, you know, get it out through the kidneys, get it out, you know, use mm -hmm. insulin to get it into the cells and things like that. And so, um, so that it sounds like similar. This is one plant that does a lot of things. Absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely right. The, the cannabis plant has over, 200 molecules like therapeutic molecules in it some of those are the phytocannabinoids and some of those are the terpenes so you can really use it to be very individualized with what you're looking for which is pretty amazing yeah i think that's important for patients to know because i'll have some patients you know be at the end of their rope with insomnia because it's such a hard thing to treat and our mm -hmm. medicines are so limited and mm -hmm. i think a lot of um, patients may be hesitant to use cannabis but if they mm -hmm. if they think that they can Number one, see the benefit of the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. And number two, if they don't want to go that route, be able to get that strain that is just isolated um, if they want. And so as a doctor, I just want to be able to learn about it and be able to tell them what to do. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So it's really um, not that complicated. I mean, it sounds really overwhelming, but it sounds like it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty clear. Like I know I went on y'all's website and it was exact, you have exactly what's in it. So it's really easy to know what you're getting. Thank you. And I, I think it's awesome that, that you, you both are so open to, you know, like a plant therapy. I mean, you know, we, for, I think for so long, that's where most of our medicine came from was plants and it became easier to focus on laboratory manufacturing. And there's certainly more like standardization with that, which makes dosing easier sometimes. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I feel like we have an array of, of tools at our fingertips using plant medicine to help benefit things without maybe, maybe sometimes that helps cut down on adverse effects, especially if you're using other medicines as well. Um, I know y'all have touched on this uh, throughout our podcast, but I was just going to give you a chance to tell us uh, the difference that, that uh, your products are um, versus some of the ones that you may find at, let's say, a gas station or <laughs> something like that. Um, and what sets y'all apart um, uh, from other products? I, I love gas station <laughs> CBD products. Like, <laughs> that's probably not the best place to go. Um, the, the problem with that, there's not a lot of regulations with products. And so sometimes you don't, you're, you're getting more than you bargain for, especially if it's been processed and what you're left with are, you know, additives and fillers, or they've processed with ethanol and they haven't gotten all the alcohol out of it, or, 
Um, they use benzenes and, you know, things that can be detrimental to the body. So it's important to know where your products come from and what is in them. So people should always be looking for what's called a certificate of analysis. There should be a whole COA that encompasses um, uh, microbes and heavy metals and terpenes and uh, molds and mildews and all of that stuff should be readily accessible to people. So when you're standing there with a product in your hand, a lot of times people will put QR codes and you should be able to scan that code and pull up an enti the entire COA, not just a potency, like saying, okay, well, this has 18% CBD. Well, that's great, but what else is in it? And has it been tested for heavy metals? Um, cannabis soaks everything out of the soil. And so it's really important, especially if somebody's immunocompromised, to know you know, that there's no heavy metals, that there's no molds. It's real easy for cannabis plants to get mold on them. So all of that stuff should be tested. And those are the things that people should know before they consume any product. So that's something that y'all have and you provide for your products. Um, and then I noticed uh, as far as your on your website, you have um, it's packaged in compostable or, or yeah. uh, organic processing, uh, organic uh products uh what am i trying to say uh, containers uh, yeah <laughs> sustainable packaging Sus yeah, yes. compo compostable or sustainable packaging is what we shoot for just mm -hmm. because part of the benefit i think of plant medicine is you know not just for ourselves but you know for the environment also and so yes our our products are either made out of hemp including our business cards or um, we use uh, our glass jars are recycled glass and the lids are recycled ocean plastic and, you know, for us, it was just important that people weren't just throwing this in the trash can and it was just sitting there forever, you know, that it, it that you could recycle our gummy boxes or, or what have you. That's just something that was real important to us. If people want to know more about you, where can they find you? Um, our website is www.clairedelunefarm.com. Um, and our email, of course, we, we really like... We know there's a lot to know about this. We want to be transparent. We want to help people find the best products for them. That doesn't necessarily mean they have to be our products, but just finding the best things for them. So we um, welcome people to contact us via email and, and we're happy to talk with people. Um, our email is clairedelunefarm at gmail.com. So I really want to know, so I'm just going to tell a story really quick of a patient that I had. And this was um, a few years ago. And he had really bad chronic pain. He was on opioids, which opioids are harmful. We thought they were great, right? But they've turned out to be pretty harmful. And there's a lot of patients who are dependent on them and they have extreme pain. Um, and we do not have a lot of uh, pharmacology to help, right? So right. he brought me a little, um, a little tincture of CBD and it was the oil. Mm -hmm. And he was afraid. I know he was afraid to show it to me. <laughs> he was like scared of what I would say. Cause I'm very much in your face kind of doctor. Like I'm like, don't do that. That's stupid. Or like, I'll be like, stop looking on Google. <laughs> like don't do that anymore. Dr. Um, Google. I'm just that kind of person. So the, my patients know, they know exactly what I'm thinking. Right. So he was kind of grinning and he was like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I think. And and he was so scared that I was going to judge him. And I was going to, I don't, I didn't really know anything about CBD at the time. So I told him I really didn't know, but if he felt like it helped him, I didn't think there was any harm in it. Um, I looked at like the milligrams, you know, because like you said, the lower doses don't really interact. Um, and 
I think there's a lot of stigma, you know, with this. And I want to know what you guys think as physicians, as medical professionals, what we can do to try to decrease that stigma. And also, um, like, I know when we release this podcast, we're early in our podcast. <laughs> Some people are going to kind of roll their eyes. Oh, you know, cannabis. And, you know, and it, it's still there. There's a lot of stigma still there. So tell us what we can do to kind of try to um, set that aside. I know um, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I, I love that question. I love that you touched on opioids too. That's really what got us into growing hemp. Um, I remember I, I worked in the ER and I was watching somebody who could have been my grandmother detox off of opioids and she was getting, you know, a, a very large supply of opioids per month. And Ben and I have always been farmers, but we looked at each other. We were like, there's, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way to help people with chronic pain. Um, and that doesn't, you know, cause, problems with addiction and all the other things that come with opioids. So that's why we turned to hemp. And I do think, I mean, for the first two years that we grew, I didn't tell anybody what we were doing. Mm -hmm. It scared me for what people were going to think of me. And I have kids and I didn't want them thinking I'm just some, you know, pothead mom. And, you know, it's, it's, I finally learned, I think the, the best thing to beat the stigma of cannabis is really to just talk about it. I think that, you know, once I got out of my shell over that and started talking to people, I realized how many people really wanted to talk about it and they were just afraid. And so I think just by having like clear communication without judgment, um, you know, I think especially as healthcare providers, I know, um, you know, our providers would always come in. I worked in surgery and they would come in and, you know, have, do you use any drugs? You know, people don't, they don't want to admit that, you know, they don't want to consider cannabis as a drug. I mean, ibuprofen as a drug, you know, so I just think it's important to, to be open, maybe start the conversation. And, you know, just, I think it lets people feel safe that there's such a stigma that cannabis is only about getting stoned. And there are, I mean, cannabis is a medicine and it is unbelievable the potential that it unlocks for people like Ben mentioned with our endocannabinoid system. I mean, that's how we maintain balance and homeostasis in our body. So by using cannabis to help regulate that system, we're really promoting benefit. I mean, the National Institute of Health said that um, dysregulation in the ECS could be the cause of all if or almost all if not all human disease so there's there's this whole untapped um like therapeutic potential with cannabis and i think if people could start to see it as a medicine and not as the stigma um that really i think was pushed so hard for so long it lets people who already are talking about it at home right behind closed doors people are having these conversations but to be able to feel open with our doctors especially you know, just to have those open conversations and see it as a, a medicine, as a therapeutic, instead of this scary, like devil weed kind of crazed stone pothead thing. I, I want to chime in right fast now. I, I still work at a, the hospital. I don't want to say which one or anything like that right now. Um, but uh, oftentimes uh, I will have conversations with my patients, uh, not plugging my business or anything like that. I don't want to overstep any boundaries, but just cannabis education in general. And they're always so very interested. Um, we're talking about adult uh, patients and uh, elderly people, love elderly, pe elderly people love to hear that there's actually a reliable source of information out there uh, about this and, and to see that the industry is coming along because more often than not, 
they'll tell me, yeah, I've tried this. And more often than not, they had pretty good effects, except for the people who probably got the gas station <laughs> THCO synthetic because that's what the gas station attendant told them to take. And that's dangerous for somebody who wouldn't be ready for it. Um, uh, but then I've also noticed uh, at the, the hospital that predominantly uh, 50 plus year old uh, patients who are using cannabis have a tendency to have much less polypharmacy and much less comorbidities as well. That seems to help. Uh, I mean, I haven't been officially writing a paper <laughs> or anything like that, but this is just what I'm noticing as I, as I talk to these patients. One more question. Um, so I've been looking through, um, I'm on this group of doctors on Facebook that are, um, that we talk about cannabis and that kind of thing. Um, but they recommended a book by Dr. Mintz. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, Matthew Mintz. And he writes about how um, hemp and the CBD molecule itself tends to work a little bit better when it's combined with a little, like equal parts THC or mm -hmm. uh, almost a little bit more THC. Do you guys find that trying to, for patients where it's not an issue with work or that kind of thing, do you find that that is the case? Like as far as certain, what, what certain conditions should we, should we actually consider adding in THC when it comes to um, our patients? Because I know a lot of patients do want that card to be able to get the THC component. When is it actually beneficial to add that in um, with your hemp product? Yeah, so I think that it's it's always beneficial to a, to a small degree. Now, again, the CBG has, if it's harvested right, has no THC in it. CBG is kind of spe special, but for CBD, I think it's it's important because again, it's all the same plant, and there are these these molecules work together. So even if you just have a small amount of THC combined with CBD, they really do like potentiate each other in addition to the terpenes. So kind of what you're touching on and from my perspective is, is this full spectrum product. So that that's encompassing all of the molecules in the cannabis plant without isolating just one. And in the cannabis world, there's a term called the entourage effect, which means that by utilizing full spectrum cannabis, you're getting more benefits because almost like you were talking about earlier, um, Dr. C. Wright, that, you know, you try to come at one medical perspective from lots of different angles by utilizing full spectrum products, you are able to come at something from multiple different angles, including the terpenes that are, that are like the magic of the plant, in my opinion, THC dominant, um, strains, I think that the, or varieties, I think that those are really amazing for like high chronic pain, like cancer pain, you know, cancer pain is pretty serious. And that that's something that I think is above and beyond what CBD can be can do alone. I think that, you know, higher THC is better for that. Um, you know, I, I think that studies are showing a lot of benefits with CBD for epilepsy, but I think there's certain epileptic conditions that require THC dominant varieties. Parkinson's, yeah, like um, CBD, same thing. So see, for Parkinson's, like like newly onset Parkinson's, CBD is great for when you get to, you know, really severe dyskinesia, um, THC dominant varieties are absolutely mind blowing at stopping that dyskinesia. I mean, it's really giving people their lives back in a lot of ways. 
Jennifer came and did a uh, uh, lunch with us here at our office not too long ago. And um, she showed us a YouTube video um, of a guy being treated with a THC containing product um, who had uh, Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And it is, again, like she said, mi mind blowing how he changed over the over the course three of minutes. Yeah. three minutes, three minutes, one drop of oil and his hands, his I don't know who was with them, but they mentioned how his hands were just rock steady and he must couldn't even get a word out before he started. And he, he, I remember him like almost singing in the video cause he had his voice back. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's those things that we take for granted that higher doses of THC in that way, they give people back yeah. those things so much. So if you could share us, share with us the link of that video, Absolutely. we'd love to put it in Absolutely. our comments. Yeah. Yeah. It just is sad to me that all of the, illegal crap has just limited the potential of it, but I'm glad that things seem to be breaking down, you know, finally. Yeah. And part of that is because like doctors like yourselves are having these conversations and it's so incredible to be a part of this and that you guys are doing that. And, you know, those, those open, that open communication. And um, so, you know, props to you guys for, for letting people feel comfortable talking to you about that. This is one more thing that I'm going to keep learning about. And I really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing with us. Um, and so we can learn more. So I've learned a ton just in this little bit. So I'm really glad you came on. Thank you. We're yeah. so appreciative for this opportunity. I, I wish that the endocannabinoid system was something that medicine was taught more of in school. I, 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 I it saddens me that that's kind of looked over and yet there's more receptors in our body for our endocannabinoid system than any other receptor system combined. And I feel like we're just skipping over this therapeutic powerhouse that way. So, you know, I love that, that that's being more discussed in the medical communities. Yeah. And feel free in future podcasts to, to pick a specific disorder and, and, and tell us, and we'll come back and we'll talk about something specific and see what uh, cannabinoid or, Chemovar and terpene might be the best option to treat uh, a specific illness or something like that. I love we that. Have, well, we can get more specific. Yeah, that's a good idea. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes, we will do that. We're going to have the um, cannabinoid power hour. We'll have the medical mountain speak and then we'll have the 30 second uh, cannabinoid power hour. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. All right. Well, thank you all again for, for coming and being a part of this podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're just getting started up, but um, yeah, we're just so happy that y'all came to be a guest here. Thank you. It's so exciting. We're going to plug y'all's podcast big time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and please, please, please go on to iTunes and give us a high, rainy, uh, high ranking um, five-star review if you can and uh, comment on our podcast. That really helps our numbers and get our reach out for our podcast. We really appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Bye.